Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones, and you can follow me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. This episode is brought to you by John Cat Educational, a professional development publisher serving as the global leader in combining both research and practice in all materials. Find timely PD publications to support yourself and your faculty by visiting them online at us.johncatbookshop.com. Great instruction gets students engaged. TeachFX equips teachers with the instructional strategies and job-embedded feedback they need to get students engaged in virtual or in-person classes. Learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer at teachfx.com slash principle. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I am excited to have Dr. Julia Barrow on the program today. She has uh, tons of experience in education. She's been a teacher, principal, executive principal, pre-kindergarten through 12th grade, vice president of operations for alternative education programs and partnerships, and assessment developer, trainer, grant writer, pretty much has done everything in education. And now she is coaching teachers and school leaders. Dr. Barrow, welcome to Transformative Principal. I'm excited to talk with you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. So one thing that I find really fascinating about your story is that you did your uh, doctorate in professional leadership and your dissertation study was focused on the effects of positive peer pressure. Can you talk a little bit about why positive peer pressure is so important? Absolutely. It all goes down to the culture on your campus. When I talk to my school leaders, one of the first things I bring up is I ask them, who do you want to be? And what do you want your students, your staff to say about the way you lead, how you lead them? And it all has to do with you setting the culture. You know, the old saying that when a principal sneezes, everybody catches a cold on campus. It really is that. And so when I did my study, I was very interested in seeing how positive peer pressure can influence the campus culture and how that in turn can influence the results that you get, you know, and so um, I think that it's critically important. It's something we don't really pay a lot of attention to, but if you have a positive peer culture going on, then you're more than halfway there. It's just critical. Yeah. You know, I'm a big fan of the quote by Jim Rohn that you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And I've thought a lot about that in my own life. It's part of the reason why I started this podcast was to be able to associate with people who were doing great things and leading in their industry and all that kind of stuff. And what I've seen in the groups that I've led and been associated with is that when you have positive thinking and supportive people around you, you also become that. When you have negative people around you, then that also brings you down as well. And you were a principal and a school leader for a long time, and then you became a certified life coach. And in between that, you you started to get this different perspective on this positive peer pressure. Tell us about that transition and how it feels, the detached 
academic approach before to the impactful change that you're seeing now? So one of the things that I guess I verified, I already had a pretty good idea when you do a, a, a big study like that, you have a hypothesis that you're, you're trying to learn more about. And so one of the things that I was noticing with the students that were in a positive peer culture was that they, they were really changing the way they were thinking. And so, for example, when they would show up or when I would first talk to them, you know, and I would do all of the pre-study work. So what I ended up doing was I gave them a pre-assessment before they entered an alternative program to determine what they thought about school, you know, sort of like their attitude towards school. And then I gave them a post-assessment with the same survey, just wanted to see if there was any difference after they had been in a positive peer culture that was that had that was very normative. And I can talk about the framework in just a minute, but it was deliberately designed to be this way. And so I wanted to see the effect of that deliberateness after they had been in the program for for a number of weeks. And then the other thing I did was I held focus groups with both the students and with the staff, the leaders and the teachers, everybody, like literally all across the board to, to see what they thought about this deliberate culture that was set. And so um, it was, it was fascinating, of course, the, what, what the students were telling me was that before they were in a normative culture where it was very deliberate, where they were expected to be leaders themselves and where they had norms that they were to follow. There, there was a, a, a designated number of norms that were very specific and everybody encouraged everybody to follow the norms. And so what they ended up telling me was that that was really critical because before they just reacted and with the culture and the framework and the norms, they were able to base their decisions or base their actions on something. <laughs> and when I tie that to life coaching and, and the work that I do now with educators is that we have unmanaged minds. Like we come into our world, into school, into our work, with lots of experiences and I liken it to a bucket and it's like things happen through your childhood through your uh, youth through you know and even when you're the school leader or you're uh, the teacher or whatever role you have in a school system or in a campus you have a lot of thoughts, a lot of beliefs, a lot of what I call programming in the bucket. And then something happens, a circumstance happens, and your unmanaged mind gives you an unintentional thought is what I call it. It's just your brain automatically pops it up. And it comes from that programming that is in your bucket that you haven't really examined in a while. You just accepted as truth. <laughs> and so that's what the kids were telling me is that they were just reacting. There was nothing to, to guide them in the way they reacted. And what I learned 
you know, and the implications for school leadership are that you, you really have to keep the culture in the forefront. And you also have to really think about what those students and your staff are coming with that they believe are truth and that they are that, you know, that unmanaged mind where you're just responding to circumstances versus when you are very self-aware and you have tools to help you to examine your own thoughts and beliefs and then come from a much more deliberate way of thinking, a more purposeful way of thinking to get the results that you want. Yeah. And so it sounds like there's an ability to, if you are surrounded by the right peers, then your truth that you're telling yourself in your unmanaged mind is a better situation than if you're surrounded by negative peers. And so being able to have people who see the best in others, who who see the good in the world, they help you then to see those same things. And so there's a way to manage this on your own, but to manage your mind on your own, but then there's a much uh, simpler way. And that's just to be around people who see things positively and think positively and, and want to lift people up instead of tear them down. Is that a, a fair summary of how to describe that? So basically the way I see it is that all of us want to be accepted, right? It all comes from that sense of belonging. So a lot of the times if you're in a negative peer group, you kind of just fall into it because you don't want to stand out. So when you are in a positive peer group, you're more likely to be your more authentic self because they're positive, because they're more accepting, because they're more empathetic, because they're more curious, they're not judging maybe. And so obviously when you're in a culture, when you're in a group that is that way, then you're coming from a more authentic place. I call it coming from love versus coming from fear. The the way I describe it is, is this, is that I say, All of the emotions that we experience are rooted in two primary emotions, and those are fear and those are love. So if you're angry, if you are uncertain, if you're frustrated, if you're anxious, those types of feelings, you're coming from fear versus when you're coming from love, which is where you have a joy, happiness, contentment where you're more accepting, where where you feel like you belong, then of course you are able to actually move forward. Coming from fear and that negative, the being negative with each other, complaining, blaming, judging, all of that, those don't move you very far. (laughs) All you're doing is creating more of the same. But when you are in that positive group and when you are, working under positive norms and you're getting, you're coming from love, those emotions that come from love, then that's when you move forward. Your authentic self comes out. You're more able to problem solve. You're more able to be creative. You're not trying to hide or mask yourself to be accepted by those strong negative voices around you. When you're in a positive setting, of course, you're going to be much more um, able to express your true self. And what I really appreciate about that is that it really highlights this challenge that we face in education, where so often people who are 
striving to do their best and trying to put themselves out there to improve and do great. It's this, this saying, I don't remember where I heard it from, but the, the grass that grows higher gets cut down. And when somebody shows that they're doing a little bit more then the culture comes in and, and chops their head off. And, and that's a really unfortunate thing. And what I appreciate about the talking about this is that it, it gives me hope that we can find a way through that. So I was talking to a principal last week and she was talking about how a certain teacher in her school was surrounded by negative Nellies basically. And those negative Nellies just made it difficult for that teacher to become her best. And the principal had a conversation with this group of negative Nellies and said, basically, you're being negative and it's not helpful. And you either need to get with the program or go find someplace else to do this work. And this teacher took that as a call to action, whereas the other four people in the group, they quickly fled to other schools and found a different position. This teacher said, tell me what you want, principal. Do you want me to stay here or do you want me to to go somewhere else? And the principal said, I can't make that decision for you. But if you stay here, here are the expectations. Here's how it needs to work. Here's what you need to do. And here's how I'm going to treat you. And when she had that conversation, she realized that that was actually inspiring her to be a better teacher. And she wanted that kind of feedback from the principal. She wasn't feeling fulfilled by lumping herself in with these negative Nellies. And, and so she did that. And then she came back and, you know, those, the negative influence was gone and she was surrounded by positive influence and she's just blossomed in every way possible because she's been freed from the clutches of those negative Nellies. John Cat Educational supports high-quality teaching and learning by providing publications that are research-based, practical, and focused on the key topics proven essential in today's and tomorrow's schools. The latest John Cat publications include a book whose bold, transformative ideas amaze and infuriate people around the world, according to one reviewer, a title from Global Leaders in Curriculum Planning, Practice, and Retrieval, one book that says stop talking and start doing with regard to teacher well-being, and much more. These books, used by educators of all roles across North America and worldwide, amplify fresh, engaging voices with practical strategies to create transformative change. Learn more in our show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast. During COVID, every teacher is a new teacher. That's why innovative school leaders are turning to TeachFX, whose professional learning platform doubles student engagement online or in person. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle. I created a new podcast with my friend Frederick Lane called Cybertraps. We are exploring the myriad risks and adverse consequences that can arise from the use and misuse of digital devices and electronic communication tools. Please subscribe to the Cybertraps podcast, and if you like it, please give us a rating. Here's an excerpt from an interview with Eric Stevens on the value of identity and being ethical in our work with underserved populations. If I approach my research with the intention of helping a group of people, but I'm using the data that they themselves have created and have been replicated by their, their own personal identity, replicated over and over and over and over my research is already flawed ethically. Some people, that's not a big thing. For me, it was problematic. 
because I didn't want to feel like I was exploiting people, but I still wanted to help. What I ended up creating was I wanted to understand the prison system at the language level across time um, and across space in the United States. Um, Basically, I wanted to understand if we send a person to prison, we're sending them to a correctional facility um, with correctional officers. And we give them handbooks to say, hey, this is what you should be doing. What I wanted to answer was at the language level with the technical documents that we hand to um, an inmate, what are we correcting them to? To what standard are we asking them to be at the language level? Check out more from this interview at cybertraps.com slash seven. Right. And that's something that we see a lot in our in our business, unfortunately, <laughs> what we call our negative Nellies. What I will say is that um, looking at it from a coaching perspective now, what I do now is that I actually will challenge the leader a little bit and say, okay, your negative Nellies, write down their names or however you want to identify them. Let's say it's you said it was four or five. And then just this person, A, write down like everything that you see or you describe as negative, like literally like just write it all down. And the purpose of that is, and do it for each one of them. And the purpose of that is that I want you to get really specific. And I want to make sure that when you approach them, when you're doing your leadership job, that you're not coming at them from a label but that you're coming at them from very specific behaviors that create certain results that are not helpful on your campus, that are not helpful to your students, that are not helpful to the rest of the uh, team. And when you're able to come from that, then you as a leader are coming from a, a more purposeful conversation, a more confident conversation, where you're not necessarily addressing the label that the negative Nelly or the Tina's, we have so many labels out there (laughs) that we use, but I, I really challenge the leader to take a hard look and be very specific about the behaviors. And then when you are able to call those out more specifically and show those teachers or whoever it is, the negative Nelly, let's say, you say, do you notice, you know, then you can have a conversation. Like you can say, when you do this, this is the result that happens. And, you know, we're pretty good at doing that. But I say, take it further, you have to increase awareness. So you say, you want the, the person to see why they are acting the way they're acting and getting the results they're getting. So it goes back to, they'll start shooting out their beliefs at you, though the stuff in the bucket, you know, their unconscious or unintentional or unexamined thoughts. And they'll just, they, they always have their reasons, right? And so, and then you'll say, well, okay, when you think that, do you notice, how does that make you feel? And they'll probably say, well, I'm angry, I'm frustrated. Like one of the thoughts that always comes up that I remember was said to me when I was a young teacher from some of the veteran teachers, I'll give you the story. And I was on my first year of teaching, I was tapped at the end of the year to 
uh, train district teachers on my math strategies. So I was this little new teacher. And, and what I was noticing was that as they were coming in and out, it was kind of like a high school schedule, like every hour the bell rang and a new group of teachers would, would come in and I'd have to deliver the same training. And I had in the, the veterans, some of my veterans that you might, you know, label negative Nellies were always in the back and they were very opinionated <laughs> and, and they would articulate the, you know, what they thought. And I remember them trying to kind of shut me down at the time and it was very uncomfortable. And so the, what they would say to me was, as I was trying to convince them to participate was, oh, I've been there, done that, honey, you know, you're going to come and go and I'm still going to be here and that type of thing. And they do that with principals too. Oh, I'm just going to wait out this new one that's coming in all idealistic or whatever. And you just wait. Those types of thoughts, those are their unmanaged thoughts that they believe are the truth. Those create anger. Those create frustration, disappointment, or whatever it is. They create emotions. And then that causes them to act in some of the bully, maybe bullying behavior, maybe telling people, that the gossiping, the complaining, the blaming, the defensiveness, all of those things. And then that means that the, the results that they get is that they're just creating more of that, that angst for themselves, that negativity. They're not really making any difference, uh, a lot of difference in, in, in the results that your campus wants to get. And so tie that back to where I started when the principal has done the work of really identifying the behaviors and saying, okay, do you notice that when you think this, this is how you feel, this is what you do, and these are the results that you create. And it's just a way of trying to help them be more self-aware themselves and notice that they're the ones creating those behaviors more than anything else. And when you're able to have that clarity, then you as a leader are able to have more fruitful, difficult conversations. It's a matter of having those conversations, being very self-aware as a leader, helping your teacher to be very self-aware, and just trying to make sure that everyone is going for, of course, the same results that you want to get. And But seeing how the thoughts that are running in your mind, what they're creating for you and for everybody else. Yeah. And in a couple of weeks, I'm going to have a guest on the show, Jennifer Abrams, who is all about having those hard conversations. And so we're going to get into that more in a couple of weeks. The reason why I want to talk to you about this, Julia, is that when you can have those conversations with people about their behaviors, rather than about them as individuals, then you can be more detached, you can be more specific, and you can do it without getting all flustered and upset yourself. And this is where I think that it's really important because it's so easy when you're fired up as the principal to project some of those feelings and thoughts onto the people that you're trying to work with when you really need to speak about it from a much more academic perspective and not from a emotional perspective. Because when you're talking about it from that emotional perspective, it's too easy to go from that primary emotion of fear when really it should be coming from love. 
And I'm saying this for myself because I know so many times as a principal, I got all fired up because somebody wasn't doing what I thought they should be doing. And instead of really seeing what the behavior was, I was assuming ill intent because I wasn't confident in my ability to be a leader. I was assuming that they were trying to undermine me when really it had nothing to do with me. <laughs> but but I read into that and I came from that emotion of fear all too often and got better as time went on to come from a place of love and caring about the person. But it wasn't as easy as just saying, okay, I'm just going to come from a place of love. I mean, you want it to be that easy, but it really isn't. And it takes time, practice, and effort to go through that process and and figure it out in a way that works for you so that you're not making bad decisions as a leader. Right. You said that so well. And I mean, I'm and I'm right there with you too. And when I before I understood the thought work and how to really come from my inner wisdom and my curiosity and my love versus my judgment and my fear. That's so well said. Now what I teach, what I coach is is how to come from that inner wisdom and no longer coming from, from the emotional charge of it all, like you said. So you can be a lot more strategic and level-headed and grounded. When you're in that place, you can handle anyone, anytime, any place, anything. And, and then you're leading from, from that example too. So, you know, you, and like you said, it's not that easy. I say it like you can just snap your fingers and do it, but it does take work. And that's what, that's what I do is I work with my leaders and I teach them, I give them the mindset tools and the practice and the coaching, but it's so worthwhile. I always say, oh my goodness, if I had all of this back when I was still, on on campuses, running schools. <laughs> wow, I can't even imagine what I could have accomplished. But um, so that's why I'm also so thankful that we're having this conversation and that you're you're, you're giving me an opportunity to to offer it up as a as a yeah. different way to lead. Yeah, absolutely. So the final question, Julia, is what is one thing that a principal can do this week to be a transformative principal like you? I think that you need to, what I always recommend is spend some time growing you personally. You get a lot of professional development on all the things, but I really recommend spending time growing you personally. The more you grow, the more your teachers grow, the more your students grow. It's, this is our time. If you, you know, if, looking in the into the future when you know the historians write all of this up and you know <laughs> they look at this era it's going to be a really critical era how we're responding to all that's happening in our world and i mean we're the ones it's our time it's our time to really make the biggest impact and to create and build the future as as we want it but we ha- it has to start with you personally grow you and it'll all grow. Your results will be there. So if you want to learn more about Julia, you can go to uh, Instagram, Dr. Julia Barrow or drjuliabarrow.com. And there are links to her Instagram and her uh, website here in the show notes at jethrojones.com slash podcast slash episode 388. Thanks again for being part of Transformative Principle. 
Thank you to our valued partner, John Cat Educational. If you are a leader looking to make transformative change by providing yourself and your leaders and teachers with professional development that is research-based and rigorous, yet easy to digest and full of practical strategies, check out the latest publications from John Cat. Visit us.johncatbookshop.com to find information on bulk orders or learn much more in our show notes. You can also use the code TRANSFORMATIVE to save a bundle at us.johncatbookshop.com. School principals across the country are using TeachFX's virtual PD and job-embedded feedback to boost student engagement during COVID. With TeachFX, teachers get eight times more feedback and generate 144% more student engagement on average in a school year with no additional work for school leaders or teachers. To learn more about TeachFX and get a special offer, visit teachfx.com slash transformative principle.